I became fascinated with looking at things where they fall in a, for lack of a better word, on a timeline. That's serious stuff that we just talked about. I'm trying to be comic relief, so I'm going to move away from it right now. We need markers to remember what God has done in our lives. Uh, here we go. Here we go. I'm glad I'm around somebody to make fun of. <laughs> because what you see when you begin to look at history is that we're all connected. It's good stuff. This is History Through the Eyes of Faith podcast. Featuring Angie Ferris, I'm your host, Frank Rains Jr., along with producer Wes. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to History Through the Eyes of Faith. I am your host, Frank Rains Jr., along with... Angie Ferris. Angie Ferris, the one, the only, the content creator, the brains, and... As always, producer Wes is here, but we don't let him speak. So, but we know he's here, and um, it, he's making all this happen. So, uh, episode twenty six, um, we're we're you know twenty five was the beginning of our part two section. Um, hopefully, you just listened to it, or maybe you listened to it a week ago, or however many hours or days ago. Um, you remember we talked about. Uh, setting the scene. Uh, we talked a lot about the calendar. We talked about AD and BC and BC and CE and what they all mean. And uh, Angie's here. We also talked about this bag that she brought to the studio that, again, is another mystery gift. Um, and we talked about uh, a, a Bible that has prophecy throughout that I want to get one of those. What's it called? This particular one's called the open bottle. Open. Well, of course, it's called that because it's open. No, it's this particular one is called the closed Bible, and this particular one is called the okay, black Bible. Okay, so here's Bible. some little FYI information <laughs> about Bibles, okay? People think, you know, I'll say, oh, what translation is that? And they'll say something like, it's the Thompson Chain Reference. Okay, Thompson Chain Reference, which dated me, okay? that that's several, Yeah, I hadn't heard that in a while. That's several decades old. That is a publication that is not a translation a translation is like <laughs> is like new american standard new international, international king james new king james uh english amplified yeah english well amplified is getting more toward a transliteration and not a translation which that's a whole nother little side teaching thing the point being this is the new american standard translation and the Bible, the edition of the Bible is the open Bible. Got it. Okay. I. Would they try to encourage you to keep it open? I think so. I got one of these back in 2010, 2008, 2000, something like that. So they were still making an open Bible back then. I don't know if they still do that now. Not exactly like this one. They've changed up a few things. This one's from the late 70s. So. Oh, but you said you got one in 08. I did, as a gift for somebody else. Oh, but so that I'm, one is from the 70s. 70s. Yes, this one in my hand, yes. Wow. And I didn't mean to jump right into that. You had it open there. I mean, we can talk about other things. You, you... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just, I just thought I'd throw that in. Yeah. Because people get confused between translations. And you know what's and... funny is when you said that, I imagined you in a situation just stop and go, just a second. <laughs> No, I'm much nicer. A than translation that. 
is different from an addition, okay? I've heard it time and again. If I hear one more person call this a translation... Yeah, because that sounds just like me, doesn't it? That's no, just I'm just playing the part. Like, that would be the scenario that someone has just had enough. enough. Yep. Okay, so... Oh, we did the old simultaneous talk there for a second. Yep. If you didn't hear that part, just real quick, our, our father... We're siblings. Probably didn't hear that part either, because that... That's several episodes ago. Siblings, our father had a gift. He was on TV doing different TV shows in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and some of the 90s. And go back and learn about that or Google it. I'm not going to go into it right now. But over the weekend, I was in an old hotel that had pictures of celebrities on the wall. One of them was Roy Acuff. One of them was Liberace. Another one was our father. Yep. <laughs> and it was like, what? And it was just a pretty cool moment. Never seen, that's never happened to me before. I've never been in a place where all the pictures are on the wall, and one of them was our father. Yeah. It's a cool place. So, unfortunately, this was a Stuckey's um, no, in South Georgia. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um I think there's another, is there another recording going on in the studio? It sounds door? like it. Yeah, it sounds like that's getting so warmed up over there. So they let that distract us, let that yeah. distract us. All right, and you've had a recent trips and adventures. Yes. Can you give us one highlight that um, sticks out as a comical moment? A comical moment that I can tell. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I don't, oh, okay, this is a good one. You'll like this. So... We're up in the hills of Idaho, up in, we're up north of Boise in the mountains, okay? And um, it's, I think it's north, it's a little bit northeast, if I think about the map. And so I'm out there with my cousins, and they're doing, you know, we're doing all these fun things, and they're like, oh, tomorrow we're going to go, I'm going to get it wrong, I think it was Moonbeam was the name of the trail, like, we're going to take you up there, you're going to love it, there's hot springs, you know, we're going to, it's not a bad walk, it's not a bad walk, we'll go, and Law. So, pack our lunch, but the lunch stays at the truck. We're taking the snacks with us on the hike. It was two and a quarter miles to the hot springs. Most of it was not bad as far as elevation or climbing over things, but through we walked across the river three times. Yes, through like through the water through the water across the river three times. We had. Um, brush the you know like the i was showing somebody pictures today and they said i think that was an animal path i'm like yeah sure it was an animal path it's an animal path that we found and so they had been on it before so here we were on it again and i mean like like the weeds and stuff are like up to shoulder level or higher and you can't really see the path because it's so overgrown at your feet Mm. and you're just walking and 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 we were just anyway it was a hike it was not a walk. It was a hike. It was an adventure. If you're listening, I enjoyed it. it. I'm glad I did it. It was a little bit long for me on the way out. Anyway, we get to, I'll try to cut it short. We get to the hot springs that are this neat little pool of hot springs right as a part of the Cool Creek. Tiny little place up two and a quarter miles in. And we're just like, okay, now get out the snacks. Like we're resting here. The guys are getting into the hot springs. Me, I needed to be in the cold water, right? You know, so so they're sitting in the springs. Tim's got his camera. He's taking pictures. I'm sitting there. 
And I'm the only one that can see the trail that we came on just from the angle where I was. And I'm sitting there and I go, there's a person. Because we had seen nobody. I mean, this it looked like nobody but the animals had ever been there before. Until we got to the springs, you could tell that they that somebody had worked on arranging things at the actual hot springs. But literally in the middle of nowhere. And this, I'm like, here's a person and a dog and another dog and a goat. Yes, not one goat, five goats. This man and this woman are out hiking in the mountains with two dogs, which we found out from conversation were not their dogs. They were house sitting, they were dog sitting that weekend, and they're five goats. And these were not little goats like we see in Tennessee people put out in their yards to eat the grass or they're like, these were like serious mountain goats and not all the same variety of mountain goats <laughs> hiking up in the woods. And, and then come to find out as we talked to them, they were from several miles away, a town that's half an hour, hour drive away. They brought the goats in a trailer to the trailhead to walk and they were going beyond where we were. So they had come from where we were. Were the goats roaming free? Were they on yeah. leashes? No, 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 no. They had collars. They're just walking just like the dogs. Nobody's on they leashes. Had, they had a leash, nothing. Just some no. goats. Yeah, just walking with them. Just walking up the trail. Goats. Great, I love that. Great pictures of the goats. I'll try to get a picture up of the goats. It was hilarious. Pet goats. They had, what were the goats' names? Oh, we didn't ask their names. One of them proceeded to eat everything. <laughs> there was a little sign somebody had put there that was about the springs and some work they had done. And it had it was paper on, like, taped to a little metal post. And that, that goat, goat ate it. One, one bite. One bite. And, and the little, and the lady was like, don't eat that. And he chewed it and turned around and took the last little piece, took it all. That's crazy. Yep. Up in the mouth. And so for my cousins who live out there and around this, they were very shocked at the goats. And they had a fun time retelling the story to people like, yeah, so my cousin is sitting there and she goes, there's a person and a dog and another dog and a goat. And another goat. And, <laughs> and another, another goat. goat. And another goat. Actually, by the time all five goat. were in view, the man was close enough to us that I was not talking about his goats out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well... In your mind, there's five goats. <laughs> and I mean, I was having to gather up the apples and the snacks I, and, because the goats are going to get them. <laughs> I was thinking that the story was going to be, oh, look, there's a man. That's not, what is that? That is that Bigfoot? No. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't know if there was. I was be expecting, a like, I mean, the whole time we've been hearing all these stories about, oh, yeah, that's where we saw the bear. Oh, that's where the, oh, yeah, this is cougar country. Like, and then we're walking through the brush that's up past our shoulders. And I was just like, okay. Uh -uh. Anyway. Well, speaking of that, where I was this weekend, it's not really, I, that didn't, I didn't have anything close to what you're saying, but you talk about cougar country. Up in East Tennessee, there are these things called mountain coasters. Have you ridden one of these? No. So a mountain coaster is like a roller coaster, but it's, it's bar, you know, like you think of like a roller coaster track, okay? But then also combine that with a water slide. Remember as a kid, there was a water slide in yeah, our town that yeah. was on a hill. Mm -hmm. So you just put the slide on the hill. So you go on a, a mountain in East Tennessee and you put a coaster so, you, so that gravity is what's pulling you down. And you have a cart that sits on the rails 
that sits two people, mm-hmm. not in a train. Yeah, why would you do that? Just on, and then you go down it, and you have a break. Okay? So I've ridden in one of those several times. It's, it's a lot of fun. After you ride it a few times, you, you get the nerve to go faster because you realize you're, you're safe in there, and then they'll put them out on the edge of the mountain, and you'll go down, and it, it, there's, no, there's no flips like on a roller coaster. You're just going down a hill, but right. you're getting some speed, and you're taking some corners and stuff. But to get up the mountain, it's like an any kind of incline or sky mm-hmm. lift. You're just on a track that goes in your cart. Same in cart, your cart. You go up. Take the thing. We were talking. We were talking about it. It's like a buffet for the bears and the cougars and the You're lions. Just rolling by. because you've got nowhere to go. You're just going up <laughs> through the mountains, going. Hey. I hope nobody jumps over here. <laughs> but you can go on YouTube and see one of these coasters in East Tennessee. Uh, guys coming down and a bear and three cubs are crossing the track in front of them. Oh my goodness. And they had to slow down and let the bears cross. Yeah, don't get, uh uh-uh. That's when you get in trouble when you get between the mama and the cubs. But Mm. I I, I was more scared going up. No, Because I'm like, I'm just, I'm just on a buffet line right now. We had all this discussion about the bears and the camping and like, where do you store the food if you're camping in the van? Do you want the food in the van with you? And the <laughs> no, bears being able to tear the side of the van open and all, all no. we didn't stay anywhere where bears were an issue that we know of. But anyway, a lot of the places that you camp, if you're camping on a campground or public grounds, they have bear boxes where you put your story food and all that stuff. But that wasn't an issue. So there's all these talk about bears. Mm-hmm. So, and I can't remember where I was going with that. It had something to do with the mama and the bears and the and it was a story about the bears on our trip. Well, it's but, probably good that you didn't remember it because we're wasting a lot of time. Yeah, we're not wasting time. No, it's just we're just we're not getting off. to the content. Yeah, we which is get... episode twenty six, which is kind of a cliffhanger in the twenty five. You think so? Well, we didn't get to a card. You wouldn't tell me what it was going to be. We kind of narrowed down the timeline of the years and kind of how that came about. Yeah, and we reviewed a little bit about the uh, books that are actually in the New Testament. Yeah. So where are we going? So back to the books. Um, the As I said, the first four books are the, called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they are our major source for the life of Jesus. Um, there's not a whole lot outside of that. There's I'm, I meant to go back and grab these guys' names, and I didn't do it, but I know we mentioned Josephus, Josephus before as a historian. Okay. That was shortly after the time of Jesus that writes about Jesus. And also there's another guy named Tacitus. They both mention Jesus in their histories. Um, but the where we get the details of Christ's life come from the Gospels. And those four books were written um, somewhere between around A.D., maybe as early as A.D. 50, but around A.D. 60 up to about, uh, 90 at the latest. So somewhere between 60 so, and 90. In, in my knowledge of, of, the gospel, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if we say Matthew wrote this or Mark wrote this or Luke wrote this or John, we're going to include him, which of those mm-hmm. individuals which was with, which were with Jesus? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Matthew would have been the only one. So he was with Jesus. Mm-hmm. He was one of the disciples. And then he 
wrote this 30 years later? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, about 30 years later. Looks like it for Matthew and Luke. So how old do you think? So he was probably, I mean, I'm just trying to think. Oh, of- they could have been really young. I mean, I've, I've, I didn't do a dive into this, but I've heard things talk about that these were like 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, you know. So, I mean, maybe even, I don't know. The, the answers I don't know, but I don't think we need to assume that because Jesus was a 30-year-old man that they were 30-year-old men. They were still fishing with their father. They, you know, some of them, and we don't know about. You can find out all that stuff. I could find out all that stuff. I don't know off the top of my head, so I don't want to. Well, that just say. my my creative brain is going is thinking things like, um, and this is not on topic, but my creative brain is okay. I'm 52, right? And if in my late teens and early 20s, I spent time with someone that made a huge impact on me. And I decided at, at 50, 52, I'm going to write this down. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's a neat concept. Like if, And that's the way it happens a lot of times. You think about it. People don't start writing their histories a lot of times until they're in. They've lived several decades. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking. But, uh, yeah. but a lot of the reason with Christ is like, I think there was a sense because he said he's coming back. A lot of there became a realization that we need to write down what we remember before it's gone. Yeah. In case he doesn't, in case the, the we don't know when he's coming back. So other folks can know what happened. Yes. In case he doesn't come back before I see yes. him. Again. Yes. So okay. I can't turn my brain off right now. Okay, sorry. And and I'm cre- in my mind right now, I'm creating a screenplay. Okay. Of yeah. I'm just it's it's there's some neat ideas that I'm coming to now that Okay. Gosh, that was off putting okay. Whatever. Do you want to talk about your neat I, ideas? I don't know if I do because I don't want anybody to take them. <laughs> That's but okay. I I'm excited about it. It's <laughs> something good. that I'm connecting with right now. I'm glad. That's good. That's good. So the major source of what we're going to talk about from Jesus's life is coming from these four books. As we said before, they're not, um, everything's not told in the same order. And so you kind of have to piece together. And so I'm using sources where other people have done that. They've taken the four gospels and said, okay, here's a chronology of what we think a chronology of Jesus life is like this happened first. And then this happened like with the, with the, um, Christmas story, the whole story is not told in every book. There's there's things that are in Luke that aren't in Matthew and things that are Matthew that aren't in Mark and things that are Mark, you know. And John doesn't even have that. John doesn't even talk about the nativity and the birth. Okay? So, so you kind of have to, someone would have to piece together. And so I'm using other people's guesses or, or guesses is like their education and study on the order that in which they think it happened. Okay. So the first story in the new Testament comes from the first event is the birth, the, 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 um, the birth of John the Baptist being foretold. Okay. Okay. So now, do you know anything about who John the Baptist is? 
Um, yes, I do. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to say it that John the Baptist was someone that, in my mind, was a prophet for Jesus' coming, right? He was someone... Yeah, I mean, prepare I mean, the way of the Lord. Yeah, he he was definitely the forerunner of Jesus, yeah. laying the groundwork for Jesus to come. He was an evangelist. Yes, in that sense. So I want to read what it says about him in Luke chapter one verses. Um, we're going to start with verse five, and we'll just see where we get to. And so as I go through this, I think you'll hear. So it starts off saying, "In the days of Herod, king of Judea." So we know that. There was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and that tell, that has to do with his family line. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. Now, see, we should have references for that. He was a priest. Aaron was the priest. And then his wife was from that same family. He had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. And yet they had no child because Elizabeth was infertile and they were both advanced in years. Also similar storyline, right? Advanced in years. Now, it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Now, remember how it was only like you could, you would, Certain people would only go in there in certain times and burn incense, okay? So he's going in there by himself. It's her, his turn. He's been chosen by Lot. Um, not Lot the person, but like... Lottery. Throwing, yes. Um, and the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the end hour of the incense offering. So everybody's outside praying. He goes in there by himself. Zechariah was troubled when he saw... Now an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. So he's in there in the temple and Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice over his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. So the prophecy was that Elijah would come before the Messiah. So it says that he will go as a forerunner before him. And in my translation, that H is capitalized because it's referring to God, to Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous to make a ready, a people prepared for the Lord. So when you said that phrase, prepare the way for the Lord, his purpose was to make ready, a people prepared for the Lord. So Zechariah's in there in the, I don't know if he was in the Holy of Holies, well, he was where the incense were, which I don't think was the all the way into the deepest part, but he's in there by himself. This angel standing by the altar and tells him all this and he's gripped with fear. And yet he says, how will I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in her years. That, I don't know that I would have had the courage to say to the angel, 
How, how would I know this? Like, anyway, he's questioning. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and, bring, and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Mm. So he's like, how will you know? You'll know because you're not going to be able to speak until it happens. That's not very nice. <laughs> you think that's not very nice? No. We'll he's see. just asking a question. I mean, he's sitting there thinking, oh, you're an angel. Okay, really? No, see, here's the thing. Now, I'm not trying to pick on you. but no, You can pick but on But there's me. a good time to start talking about this. The biggest problem we have when interpreting history is we take the attitudes, the thoughts, the way of approaching life that is the only thing we know that is shaped by our culture and our life, and we apply it to this people 100, 500, 700, 1,000, 2,000 years ago, okay? He's, it would be unusual to be standing in the temple doing this service, an angel shows up, and you question the angel. You know? I mean, it's like, if there's anywhere, I mean, it might be different, if you're on your front porch, you're like, is that really an angel, you know? Or you're walking down the street, but you're in the temple anyway. So the people were waiting outside for Zechariah and were wondering at his delay in the temple because it's taking too long. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he repeatedly made signs to them and remained speechless. When the days of his priestly service were concluded, he went back home. So you would go to Jerusalem and serve for your time, go back home. Now, after these days, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and she kept herself in seclusion for five months saying, this is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me and to take away my disgrace among people. So that's the first thing that happens is that precursor of saying, here's the one who's going to prepare the way. And it, also happens in an unusual way. It's not just some guy shows up. It's like even his coming is somewhat, I don't want to say miraculous, unusual, marked by an angel yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. So first story, so the first card is... John the Baptist. There you go. That's the, and so then, and so the next thing I want to mention as we're looking at the history of the birth of Jesus, is two of the Gospels tell his lineage, tell his genealogy, okay? Once it happens in the third chapter of Luke, and it's only about five verses, but Matthew spends almost his entire first chapter, let me see, he spends 17, half, 17 verses of the first chapter on the genealogy. Normally, this is like a really... You just read this and go, okay, whatever. But I want to read it out loud because I want to kind of test our brains to see how much of this rings a bell, okay? Because it says, it starts with the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. To Abraham was born Isaac, and to Isaac Jacob, and to Jacob Judah and his brothers. And to Judah were born Perez and Zerah by Tamar. So remember how we talked about the five women are mentioned in the lineage? There's the first one. And to Perez was born Hezron, and to Hezron Ram, and to Ram was born Amenadab, and to Amenadab Nashon, and to Nashon Salmon, and to Salmon was born Boaz by Rahab. 
And to Boaz was born Obed by Ruth, and to Obed Jesse, and to Jesse was born David the king, and to David was born Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. So they didn't say her name, but it mentioned Bathsheba. And to Solomon was born Rehoboam, and to Rehoboam Abijah. And then it goes through a bunch of names that we wouldn't necessarily be familiar with until it gets down to... How many names? Oh, it would take me a while to count. I would say it's at least 20. Okay. Um, and to Jacob was born Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Therefore, all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations there's your numbers, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the time of Christ, 14 generations. Abraham to David, 14, David into the exile, 14, and from the exile to Jesus, 14. So 42 generations. Sounds about right. Isn't that right? 14 times 3? Yeah. So... And that was, yeah, from Abraham all the way up to year 6 B.C. or whatever it is. But I wanted to read that to show that what's happening here is a continuation of a story we've already heard. That this isn't like a whole new thing. They go together a lot. And and we're going to see that as we move forward. Um, Yeah. So... That now, the next event then is so we've got we've got John the Baptist in the womb, right? And then Gabriel shows up again. This comes from Luke chapter one, in verse twenty six, and this is kind of a different uh, way to respond to an angel. Check this out. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel. So this is picking up right where we left off from before. How. Elizabeth said she stayed secluded for five months. So in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? A legitimate question. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And this is the same angel, Gabriel, yes. that came to Elizabeth. Yes. That came to Zechariah. Zechariah. And Zechariah said, How will I know this? And he said, Because you're not going to speak until it happens. And Mary says, 
how is this possible because I'm a virgin? Why didn't he say, well, you're not going to speak either then? <laughs> Y'all coming at me with them questions. Y'all coming at me with them questions. Shut your mouth. No, he answered her. He answered her. I think her. she asked a genuine question. Well, he did too. He was like, like there's an angel standing up in the temple saying, well, your wife's going to have a baby. Up. And he's she asked like, a question. Oh, let me ask you a question, Mary. Zachariah, he can't talk. Mm. And now, then how, how does she ended up? She ended up by saying, be it done to me according to your word. Yeah. <laughs> Zachariah. Elizabeth sent her sixth month. Mm-hmm. Is he still not talking? He doesn't talk till John is born. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. He can't talk. Yep. Yep. So there you go, Mary. So Gabriel again visits. Now there is a um I'm trying to grab it back here. There's a prophecy that goes along with this story that is for the Messiah, the Redeemer, the like like she would have recognized this when he says he will be great, he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Now remember we're living in this fervent time when there's all this talk of Messiah. So she knows what he's talking about. I mean, it would have to be pretty terrifying to her, but she knows. You think Mary knows? Yeah. Hmm. I would think that she had some idea you know that what? was going on. I don't think she knew. You don't think she did? I don't think that. You know why I know she didn't know? Why? Because there was a song written about it. Mary, did you know? Mm-hmm. That your baby boy, oh, when they walk on water. Ah. Ah. You got to get the ah But the answer is, she, oh, she did know. Mary, she did know that her baby boy. Okay, let me see if I, I just saw this. By the way, that's a really good song. It is a good song. Right, let's go. Okay, so here in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Now, what do we, who's Isaiah? Prophet, Old Testament. Yeah. Okay. So he's prophesying. So this is one of the prophecies of Jesus. It has a little star by it in this Bible. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. I didn't go back and look up exactly Isaiah's dates, but definitely hundreds of years earlier, prophesying Little that virgin. a virgin. So it, it's an important Mary fulfillment knew. of Mary knew. Prophecy. I, I mean, I think that, and maybe this is just my learning and studying and hearing about Mary over the years, but I think she was very humble about it. I think she had an idea what was going on, but there's, she's not, there's no recording of her talking about it or, and, and we're, we will see some things that she did say later on that seem pretty evident that she knows that she's being used by God and she's praising God for it. So, so. Mary then goes to visit Elizabeth after she finds out that Elizabeth. So now at this time, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it came about that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed among women are you, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So she knew that Mary was expected and that came out. And now has it happened to me that the and how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? That's what she said. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Now, how is Mary and Elizabeth related? Uh, cousins, I think. Cousins. Mm-hmm. So when Mary went to Elizabeth, she heard her greeting. The baby jumped in the womb. John. John. And what did Zacharias say at that point? Nothing. He's very quiet. <laughs> He's been a little quiet. He's going, oh, oh, oh. He ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> he probably wasn't even home. He probably wasn't even home. Well, and what happened was Mary said, Zacharias. Zach, what's Zacharias? And that's what Elizabeth heard. Because Zacharias couldn't. She's like, I can't. You have to go talk to her. She's back there. <laughs> You crazy. So then there's this thing called, the, in my Bible, the next heading says the Magnificat, which is Mary's song, praising God. I'm not going to read the thing. I remember the lyrics in some of the songs. I've sing my soul, the greatness of the Lord, for he has exalted me. So it's it's her recognizing. And it's, where is that in there? It's in chapter Luke chapter 1, verses 46 okay. through 55. And then... Um, she, it's, it closes out in verse 56 and says, And Mary stayed with her about three months and then returned to her home. So Mary stays with Elizabeth for her th- first three months. Um, now, so the angels visited Zacharias. The angel has visited Mary. Mm-hmm. And so in this timeline, the next thing that they jump over to we is... We still just have one card? No, Mary's the next card. John the Baptist, Mary. Mary yeah. So we go to, um, in the in Matthew, the first chapter of Matthew, verses 18 through 25, it's talking more about Joseph, and it says, And the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Now that's loaded, right? Mm-hmm. Now, betrothal, was like engagement, betrothal, however you say it, betrothal. It was like engagement, but it was more of a contract. It was not, it wouldn't have been completely unacceptable. They were married. They just hadn't had the ceremony and Mm -hmm. weren't living together yet. But he knew that he had not been with her, and yet she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, since he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Because what does he automatically think? She's, She's been with somebody else. Yeah. But when he had thought this over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, okay. saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall come, name him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So that, you'll find that Matthew quite often 
says that and quotes the prophet because Matthew, the book of Matthew is written to the Hebrews and he's showing the fulfillment of the prophecies as he goes. So he quotes that verse from Isaiah that we just read. And then it says, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he named him Jesus. So, yeah. so that's cool. He has an angel appears to him in a dream. So the birth of Christ is announced by angels in dreams. Also, there's angels showing up sp- speaking to the shepherds, angels speaking to Zacharias. So angels serve as a messenger of God. Also, we're going to see as we go through that many times God speaks to people through dreams. And that's kind of been an interesting thing to me. I don't know if you remember, there's, there's, well, there's a couple of stories in the Old Testament that we probably didn't talk about. There's more than a couple. But frequently, God is appearing in dreams and speaking. And something that I've found interesting lately is that is happening today in a lot of places around the world. People who are from either no faith or other faiths, are coming to know about Jesus through God speaking to them through dreams. Really? Yeah. And I'm thinking that's, I thought that was really interesting. So I, Have you heard something recently like that? Yeah. I've, I've heard um, talk, I mean, I've heard stories from people who have been on missions or traveling throughout, particularly in Africa and in the Middle East, and meeting folks who God is called them to himself through dreams, spoken to them. So I kind of searched around on the internet a little bit and found a couple of sites that had like stories that were recent stories Hmm. of that happening. And then there's all this information out there about how to interpret dreams that are of God. And and I don't want to go too far down that track. I just want to say, I think sometimes we limit ourselves because I'm very cerebral. I'm very, um, show it to me on paper, read it in a book, have a conversation. I'm probably not as attentive to the Spirit as I should be, okay? And I'm probably not paying as much attention to that. And so that's very interesting to me that um, God is at work in all things and, and speaks to us. And, call, and it's a big part of other cultures. Like, it's recognized that God speaks in dreams. Yeah. Not just in Christian settings, you know, but that that, that our dreams mean something, then we need to look for what their meaning are. I had an experience, and I'm not going to go into detail with it, but I had an experience last year. Yeah. It was before, it was in, like, January of 2020. When I was just really like I couldn't reason my way through the frustration, anger, anxiety that I was feeling. And it was like, and I understood where it was coming from. I understood what was causing it. I couldn't reason my way out of it. You know, it's like, I couldn't think I couldn't find a scripture to apply the situation that was bringing me peace that was helping that go away. And it was like, I didn't know what to do with it. And I sought out other folks to um, 
counsel with that, you know, like anyway, what I ended up doing, I was, I got some great advice to write it, to write a Psalm, to like write down to God and write down my feelings. I mean, I'm talking to God about it all the time, but just take the time, write it down. So I finally brought myself to do that because I'm very hesitant about writing things down and like it has to be perfect for it hits the paper or whatever. So I finally got over that, wrote it down, went to bed. You know, it was it was cathartic to write it down. It it helped to write it down, but it wasn't like over, but it did help. I had this dr- vivid, vivid dream. I don't know. I mean, like. Sometimes I have vivid dreams, but this was like, like I woke up in the morning, like knowing every detail and it was an unusual combination of people and things. And also under some encouragement, I started writing down what I dreamed and it was, God spoke to me in that dream. God used that dream to heal those anxiety, frustration, to just kind of bring a closure to things. And you wrote, you had written it down before. I wrote down the psalm. I wrote down my conversation with God before, had the dream. And then when I began to write the dream down, it, it was starting. It was like the interpretation of the dream was coming to me as I was writing it down. That's great. And when was that? It was in January of 2020. Did you say that in this story? Yeah, I just said it a few minutes ago. Yeah, well, thanks, Frank. For Yeah. I'm sorry. So, But that. that was very, uh, that is very out of character for me because yeah. I'm not, but I wouldn't mind it to be more in character, but yeah. you know, something that happens more frequently. I think that we can't, I, I don't think it's a good thing that I'm so in my head so much. You, you know? know, I don't know. This is maybe a therapy session for me because I have vivid dreams almost every night, like vivid, crazy dreams. Yeah. And maybe I should start taking the time to, yes, that's one of the things I read when I was doing this, reading Is about to dreams. Pray before, write them down, write down my prayers, write down my wants and my needs, and then scribe the dream. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I had a dream last week, a couple nights ago, that I was hanging out with Donald Trump. And we were walking around, okay. and it was as vivid as it could be. He was president. This was obviously pre election. This wasn't like a a foreshadowing. This was just like he was like he was still president, but we were hanging out and, and secret service was just letting us do whatever. And I was like, you know, we could go into this restaurant right here and people be freaking out. And he was a big, he's a big guy and he's walking around with me and it's just the two of us. And I guess people going, was that that Donald Trump? Anyway, it was so real. (laughs) And let me just say from where I'm sitting, it's not like Frank has been this like huge Trump supporter, friend, crazy. I mean, it's just another guy in the news, right? I mean, I wouldn't say that you had an attraction or a repulsion. I would just say that it was well, there. If you did, it wasn't something. Ha- I've probably had some of each. Right. Okay. Some attraction. But you weren't vocal about it. That's what I'm trying to say. Know. During I the was Trump not years. ever passionate about it. But I would, there was probably an attraction to some ridiculousness that I thought was very entertaining. <laughs> and like, that's hilarious. And I think that's kind of cool that he did that. And then there's some repulsion, like, is this really our president? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So we're not about getting up into all that. No. Point being. It was just weird that we were buddies. Dream. We were buddies. Like, if I saw him now, I'd be like, oh, we're friends. Because so, that was so real. To kind of bring it back around, when we're reading the scriptures, when we're hearing these stories, don't just... 
don't just go over the thing and like God spoke to them in a dream. It's like, I mean, I think God's saying stuff to us. He wants us to pay attention. Now, let me throw this in. God is not going to tell you anything in a dream or anywhere else that's inconsistent with who he is in the Bible. Okay, so your best direction for understanding God and who God is is in the Word, okay? But sometimes he uses our dreams to give us specific instructions or to call us to the Word, as some of these stories I've been reading were from people who knew nothing about Jesus and met Jesus in a dream. Hmm. Kind of interesting. Okay. Now, um, I think we probably have 10, 15 minutes. Okay, so... Um, let me look back over where we are right here. Okay, so... And so, I want to give some good time to that bag. Okay, so let me come back then. Let's finish up. Um, are we getting that on the mic? No. I'm hearing it, but... I'm hearing it very clearly. What? My stomach over here is going, oh. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> producer Wes can hear it in the booth, but the mic's not getting it. Okay, yeah. So I want to cut before, before ladies the, and gentlemen. Okay, I'm going to cut all that out. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. No, we can't cut that out. <laughs> if y'all don't, we're not editing that out. <laughs> there was, that was a lot of dead time right there. No, it wasn't. It was oh. <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyway, one last thing. We left. You know, Mary goes to Elizabeth, and then. So let's get let's find out what happens about Zacharias and John, okay? Yeah. And and then we'll move on. We'll get I back tell you to what, the birth. There was something I saw as a kid. A biblical movie with John the Baptist. Uh-huh. What movie is this? Cuz it's a classic. Because I know what happens to John the Baptist. Yeah. And I saw that as a kid on TV and I'm like, "Oh okay, my gosh, they we'll just We'll research showed, that for the next one. They just them. showed that. Yeah. Let's research that for the next one. Okay. He kind of freaked me out. I, I would imagine. Okay. So don't, yeah. So we're just talking about him getting born. We're not talking about I'm all just that saying stuff. John the Baptist kind of freaks me out. I haven't read this, so this will be a cold read here. Okay. Um, it says, Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it came about that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. So Zacharias is still not speaking. Okay? And it's time for Gabriel, why? It's time for the circumcision. And his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. And they made signs to his father. As to what he wanted him called. Because <laughs> I guess he couldn't hear either. <laughs> they made signs. They made signs. Well, as to what hey, he wanted him hey, called. He's like, I can't hear you. <laughs> okay, see who says you can't have fun reading scriptures. I'm not okay. deaf. I just can't talk. Um, okay, said. Okay, wait, I lost my voice. And he, he asked for a tablet and wrote. As follows, his name is John. And they were all astonished. He asked for a tablet. He wrote down, his name is John. And they were all astonished. And at once his mouth was opened and his tongue loosened. And he began to speak in praise of God. And fear came on all those living around them. And all these matters 
were being talked about in all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them kept them in mind, saying, What then will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was certainly with him. Well, and because Zacharias is saying, I'm going to do what they said to name him. Yeah. And that's what's so okay. Now you, now you can talk. And then the next part is Zechariah's prophecy. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, and then it goes on. And it's another, like, bless can, the Lord and praise God and all this kind of thing. Where where, where, where does it say? And I don't have a Bible handy, so i got to pull it up on my phone. What's the verse where they say, you shall call him John and... This Bible up. Okay, just ask me and I can look. I got it right here. Okay, will you read it? You can shall call him John. Like where Gabriel says that? Is that who said that? No, what I just read. Yes. Who said you should call him John? You mean when John, when Zechariah says his name is John? Prior to that, they go, hey. Elizabeth. Elizabeth says it. She says, let's name him. Start, start from the beginning of what you just read. Just the tell time me. Time had come for Elizabeth give birth, and her neighbors and relatives were is asking. Is this Matthew? Yes. No, this is Luke, Luke? chapter 1, verse 57, is where okay. I'm starting. And then his mother answered, verse 60, his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. Okay. So Elizabeth says that. Yes. And the relatives said, There's no one among your relatives who's called this. The neighbors said that. And they made signs to the father saying, Right. What do you want him called? And he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows. His name is John. And Luke 5, is that what you said? Luke chapter 1, oh. verse 57 through 66. Okay, I'm pulling up on my app because I, this version on my app, where is it? Luke 1, chapter 50, <laughs> verse, chapter 1, verse 57. And that's Mary visits Elizabeth and then her song, which was called the Magnificat, Magnificat yeah. because that's where I thought I stayed when I was at this in Boy Scouts. <laughs> they said, we've got you a very nice, it's a Magnificat. <laughs> Gosh. And wow. it said, the, this version says, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord has shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called Derek. And so that's where I would. And then they said, that there's no one among that. your relatives who has that name. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Why? Why? I guess. Yeah. Derek. No, this version here says, but his mother spoke up and said, no. He is to be called Dennis. Why? Why is that even funny? It is. I don't know why. It's because I'm punchy and it's late. No, 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 no. He is to be called Dennis. His name is John. Oh, my goodness. He is Dennis the Baptist. Okay, so we'll get back to getting Jesus no, born. No, it's Dennis the Menace. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We'll get back to getting Jesus born Next time, I guess. But anyway, I just wanted to let you know, John got here, and Zachariah could talk again, and he got named but John. there's a movie that came out in the 70s. Yeah, we'll look it up. But Why are you shutting me down on that? I mean, I'm not giving you any definition of the movie. Yeah, we'll look it up. Well, because other people I, might not I, know I, what happens to him well, yet. Well, I'm not getting to that part. I just remember he had long hair, and he was kind of a lunatic, kind of crazy. Yeah. And he was kind of creepy. And people are like, he's like, no. He, he didn't want to be the Messiah. People thought he was the Messiah. 
And he was angrily saying, no, I'm not. Right. He just, I, it was I'm just not kinda, worthy to. He kind of freaked me out. He did. He was fr- Okay. But that was good, though, because in the scripture it says he was kind of crazy. Well, no, it doesn't say he was kind of crazy. Well, I mean, the scripture. There was John and he was kind of crazy. No. No. The, what they, they, des- they describe <laughs> him says later. He, he wears camel hair and he eats locusts, which we would think was kind of crazy. I rest my case. <laughs> but the scriptures does not say no, he was No, the scripture crazy. describes him as someone unusual. <laughs> That's right. He was unusual. Okay. Oh my goodness. So there's a bag that you brought oh to the studio. Oh my goodness, I did. Do we have we don't have time, do we? To go yeah, to we bag. do. All right. Well, uh, set it up. Is it a guessing game? If you want to guess, you can guess. We brought it on your trip. It's wrapped in paper. It's mine. I'm very excited about it. I um it was it was a favorite purchase. It's really cool. Is it something that you're gonna use in your kitchen? Uh, no. Is it gonna use uh in your Hobby like free time? Nope. Well, it's decorative. Oh, okay. It's been on my uh, sun porch for a few days, and I decided to bring it. Is it a plant? No, it is not a plant. Okay, well then I don't know what else to say about it. It looks heavy though. Here, I'll hand it over there too, so you can see. Oh, I'm not really in a great. Wes, can you add some more of that bag sound effect? Is it heavy? So I think before you take it out, you bring should, it down. Bring, you it, bring it down a lot. Okay. You should take it. You should shake it around a little bit. I've already touched it. Shake it around a little bit. Did you hear anything? Mm-mm. Okay. It's ceramic. Nope. Was it plastic? Mm-mm. Well, I'm feeling an object that feels. Is it glass? Mm-mm. Those are good guesses, though. Oh, wait a minute. It's silver. Yes. It's a silver kettle, no? <laughs> I wish you could see his face. That was good. It's a silver kettle. Isn't I think this a it's, kettle? It's a teapot. A teapot? This is a teapot short. It is short and stout. Yes, it is. It's a it is a very short and stout teapot. teapot. Yes. It's almost in the shape of an egg. It's got a little top on it. It's like it is if you've ever seen a silver tea set, it's the smaller. It is the it is the little teapot part of it. But it's a wind chime. Yeah. So at the end of the teapot, it's got these um on the spout. These chimes that come off of it. And what are they? They're spoon handles. Or knife handles, probably, because of the size. And then, where did you see this? Do you like it? I think it's so cool. It's very unique. I don't dislike it. I I wouldn't have a place for it. It has um, beads. All of the, off of the spout of the teapot are crystal beads strung on strings. And at the end of the string is the handle of a spoon. I mean, probably of a, a knife piece of silver. Of a piece of silver. It's silver plate. And so when it hangs up in the wind, the, the handles are heavy enough that they blow and bang against each other, and you get those little chimes. Well, how that do you, the hang, sound it? you hang it at an angle like this? Yeah, it has a little, I have a little S hook that hangs on the 
handle. So you're hanging it as if it's pouring out yes. tea. Mm-hmm. And and the light, the sun catches in all the little crystals and. Oh, that's neat. Where did you get this? At the um, in Crouch, Idaho, they have the in Garden Valley, Idaho, they have the um, Garden Valley Market on Saturday mornings, and they have all these different vendors. And we saw this guy last year when we were out there. He takes unique objects and creates wind chimes out of them. So he has like a piece of driftwood with. Um, things shaped like leaves that are made out of metal that blow in the wind. He has like all kinds of things, um, pieces of iron, and he just. You know what that reminds me of? No, I don't. <laughs> but I wanted to go back this year uh-huh. and see what he. And I was so excited about that. I like that. I'm really happy with it. And what's he laughing at? I don't know. If there was a house, imagine a house out in the West, in the prairie. Mm-hmm. Maybe Idaho. I'm thinking more Kansas. Yeah. And the yard is covered in wind chimes. That's this guy. <laughs> Very eccentric, odd wind chimes everywhere. Like the movie Twister. Oh. When the Meemaw had a house and she had all these wind chimes because it could monitor like when the storms were coming you know, and stuff. This is just a sense, but my sense was, and he might be, I gave him a podcast card. He very well might be listening. <gasps> okay. Yeah, it was cool. He said he would check it out. Um, yeah, so I, I'm curious as to whether he would actually have them all out himself because my sense was that he loves creating them. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that he would. Yeah. I'm just saying, but if someone collected them. Yeah. This is the guy that he would, they would get them from. Right. And they'd have them all over the yard. And it'd be like, oh, that's the lady with all the wind chimes. Yep, it was, and because they don't look like wind chimes. I no, mean, it's, it's just like, good. and and you could have them hanging outside, but mine are actually hanging. I have ceiling fans on my sun porch, and so there's a little bit of air moving around. But I think that's unique. I like it. Yeah, and the other thing he'll do, which I'm hoping to do at some point, is I can gather up things that like from my grandparents, Tim's parents, other things that we've inherited, eclectic collection and he'll create something for me out of them which i think pretty cool isn't that cool so i'm gonna work on that as i am going through boxes and cleaning out and arranging and all that see what i can yeah i've been doing a lot of that lately yeah which speaking of and we'll wrap up on this i went through a box recently in the attic wes producer wes doesn't know this he did see the the cars that i brought home Cars that I used to play with as a kid, like Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars, which I discovered in opening the box that Angie actually owned the collector box and some of the cars before I did. And they didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. Yep. I so it was I went through the. Mine. I went through the cars trying to. I, if he could find a date on that box, I promise you it was before you were born. Well, I'm but sure I it went was. through the cars trying to figure out which one of the ones were mine. I think I identified one or two. I couldn't. Well, remember. there were several in that box that me and my buddy in the third, fourth grade decided just to paint the cars. <laughs> so we would get our model paints and paint these little matchbox cars. Yeah. And boy, they were awful. But we liked it. Hey, that was episode 26. I'm excited about it. And I think Good. it got a little fun toward the end. I think I like the fact that my version of the Bible said that you should call him Dennis. (laughs) Derek. No, 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 no. First it was Derek. Derek. That's a different version. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to History Through the Eyes of Faith podcast. 
brought to you by One Thing Only. For more information and related content, head over to onethingonly.org and click on History Through the Eyes of Faith podcast. There you will find related content as well as a way to ask questions and make comments. We want to hear from you. You can find us on all your streaming podcast platforms. Please rate and review. Thanks again.